Esquire's editor-in-chief having to explain why they made the choice of the 17-year-old American white boy as their cover for this month. Kylie Jenner having no explanation and not caring what you think about her over-the-top party for her one-year-old. And a West Virginia lawmaker with much explaining to do after he likened the LGBTQ community to being like the KKK. Hmm. You guys cared about those a whole lot, but not quite a whole lot much to be in the top 10 for this week. Those in the almost ran. So what stories did you really, really, really care about this week? We've got some interesting ones on the docket for this week for the wrap-up show from This is the Conversation with me, Jay Cleveland Payne. This is the show for the week ending February the 16th, 2019. And welcome to the show. As previously stated, my name, Jay Cleveland Payne. This, the wrap-up show from ThisIsTheConversation.com, a website that does what it can to foster the best conversations with the best people in the world. That's you out there in the world via the internets. What is the purpose? What do we do all day at the conversation? Well, we goof around on the internet, which is what you're doing too, but we do it with hopefully a mission to have the real words of the real people say what they're really talking about in the news story. I actually happen to be a news producer. I don't produce fake news, but I help produce news products for my radio stations. And what we do is we go through all sorts of different things and have to appease to a group of people that essentially are trying to appease advertisers. This is a bit outside of that. It works independent, and because of that, we get stories from links from various different news sources, pretty much all credible. Some of them turn to be kind of eh, and there are some corrections to some, as you know, first reporting gets a little weird sometime. But all day long, we post links to you every 50 minutes on our social media channels attached to the website. So if you follow on Twitter, it is TH underscore conversation. On Facebook, it is This is a Conversation. Also, Instagram, This is the Conversation. And as you follow on Twitter and Facebook, as you see stories pop up in your feed while you're checking things out, all you have to do is interact with the story as appropriate. Like it, love it, hate it, share it, reply to it if it really makes you that that angry or that happy, if you will. And the more responses that each gun gets, the more points it gets into the algorithm. We'll just call it that. We put the two into a spreadsheet, do some numbers, wait a couple things, shift a couple numbers, and then the math is done. And we give a give you a readout of what you gave us as the top 10 stories for the week. That takes up the first segment of the show. The second segment, we will go into what we call the almost irrelevant story of the week, which is usually one of the later stories posted, stories that don't have enough time or love to get any real traction. Although sometimes they're big enough stories that they literally get posted moments before and will grow between the next week. But we'll go into number 205 this week, 205 different distinct posts this week, and we will tell you which one that is and a bit about that one and do some housekeeping, anything that looks kind of off. But today... I I think we're pretty light on housekeeping, so that's a good thing. And then in the third segment, we will round out the top 15, go into the stories that we talked about, some in the tease that didn't quite make it into the top 10 that were close, but not quite close enough that were still interesting enough to bring something up on. And yes, because we love the people who love us, people who interact with us, who make the call to like, love, share, and reply to things, there will be shout outs in the third segment as well. As we said, to be a part of the vote, just follow us on the social media for Twitter and Facebook. And as the stories pop in your feed, 
interact accordingly, and that's how we get this thing here. So let's get moving with the actual conversations top 10 for the week for the wrap-up show. And this, of course, week is ending February the 16th, 2019. Let's get it started with story number 10, an extremely long headline, so bear with us. A fitness influencer with more than 500,000 followers is being called a scammer by fans who paid her for personal coaching and nutritional programs. This story was posted via us on Tuesday, February the 12th. We will go into a few lines from the story. We pulled this copy off the website, The Insider. This is The Insider. This is Insider.com. Butchered that one a couple times. But this is about Brittany Dawn Davis. Here are some lines from the story. Brittany Dawn Davis, a fitness influencer with more than five, 560,000 followers on Instagram, is being criticized by fans who say she didn't provide the services she provided. Dozens of fans say Davis didn't deliver on ebooks, workout programs, or online coaching sessions they purchased, calling her a scammer, that's a quote, and a liar, also a quote, according to comments reviewed by Insider in a private Facebook group with more than 2,500 members. The products can be expensive. On her website, Davis offers training programs that cost up to $300. Multiple followers also said Davis deleted critical comments and blocked them when they inquired about their purchases. One follower in the Facebook group, Courtney, who spoke on the condition of withholding her last name, purchased a dieting ebook and workout program from Davis in January 2018. She said she received it two months later after sending Davis multiple messages about it being late. When she ultimately received the workout program, she said it wasn't individualized. That's a quote. As promised. Uh, here's another quote that goes into the complaint. Dating back to 2016, possibly earlier, she has been scamming clients by not sending their fitness and nutritional ebooks, not following through with online coaching, not conducting weekly check ins, and not individualizing workout packets. That's also from Courtney. Brittany repeatedly deleted and blocked clients who would call this to her attention. Okay. So let's unpack this very quickly because we got a lot of show to do, and this is a really big one to start off with. We are all following various people online that are famous for whatever reasons they are, and a lot of them are famous because somehow they have a lot of numbers behind them. That makes them an influence, and people you know, like to buy things that famous people do and like to do what famous people are doing. But there's also this very serious flip side of things where there are people who are influencers, people who are experts, people who are gurus who don't know their foot from the shoe that is on their foot. So buyer beware. You're looking at people who are overly processed, overly filtered and overly made up to look this look. And they're telling you that you can get that same look. I don't want to discourage anybody, but you probably can't. Part of it is probably genetics. Probably is probably your lifestyle in general. And probably is just you just aren't going to put in the extra attention and spend the money that a lot of these people are doing to have these things done. So that's something that's sort of on them. But at the same time, it is always a buyer beware. These people are, yeah, keep an eye out for the influence. Keep an eye out for the people that may be scammers. There is no better business bureau to following someone on Instagram and then buying their stuff. But if you think it will help, if you think it will work, then go ahead, buy it. If you think it's cute, buy it. If you have a complaint, complain. Brittany Dawn obviously has a lot of issues she needs to deal with. And her followers, all over 500,000 of them, 560,000, probably have some big reasons to complain. 
the headline in the nine spot this week. A Chicago vinyl factory is making records for the first time in decades. We posted this on Saturday, February the 9th. This gets a bump in response, which means it was more responsive than a 10 story of 1.46%. A few lines from this story. We'll go through this one pretty quickly because this is fun, but this one isn't as complicated as the last one. We got it from Radio.com. Inside the former Hammond Organ Factory on North, Chicago's north side is the city's first vinyl pressing plant in decades. Open the sliding door and you'll hear the sounds of music in the making, literally. The brainchild of Andy Weber, John Lombardo, and Steve Polumpnik, Smashed Plastic was born from Weber's experience in independent music industry. I've been with Chirp Radio since they went on the air as part of a local music scene. Now I saw the niche, Weber said. Despite having virtually no experience in the record production business, Weber said they took a leap of faith. Three years ago, we were joking about starting a record label, and I said, no, let's figure out how to press records because physical media is back. At first, I had no idea what I was doing. The Hardy Operation is the first streamless press in the world. It can turn a handful of PVC pellets, pellets, pellets into an LP in about 30 seconds. So imagine that. people, So many people buying vinyl, buying actual vinyl records. My mother-in-law is a big, big purchaser of actual records for because she likes those. Uh, but Chicago has a factory making actual vinyl records in, for the first time in a long, long time, and they're proud of that, and I'm sure the music is kind of cool. You can check them out by checking the link on our website to get more details into this story. This week had a lot of happier stories and stories I'm glad that made it in that were surprising based on the looking at the results, the raw results that came in. You know, like I said, these things don't really come together until you put them weighted in and have them together for a full countdown. Number eight is one of those. Dolly Parton compares watching her Grammys 2019 tribute concert to watching porn. Saturday, February the 9th, the day we posted this one as well. Bump in response from the nine story of 1.44%. A few lines from the USA Today story on this one. An iconic speech from an iconic performer. In a feisty six-minute address, Dolly Parton reminded the audience at Friday night's Music Cares Person of the Year event why she was a 2019 recipient, not just because of her philanthropy, which the Grammys Music Cares charity honors with the award, but also because of her fiercely comedic personality. As part of a wide-ranging speech, the 73-year-old singer thanked the show's featured artists, including Miley Cyrus, Katy Perry, K.C. Musgraves, stage Chris Stapleton, for performing their own takes on her songs, comparing the night to a different kind of intimate experience. Here are some quotes. It's been such a thrill for me tonight to see all these great artists that are singing songs that I've written or been part of, she said. Watching them is sort of like watching porn. You're not personally involved, but you still get off on it. At my age, you can take anything you get, she also cracked. Thank you so much for Dolly Parton, and thank you so much to Dolly Parton for being such a philanthropist and giving so much, and the Grammys for giving her this award. And once again, thank you so much for Dolly Parton. Pablo Escobar is going to prison forever, but that's not what you folks want to talk about. You want to talk about his hippopotamuses. Or is it his my? Well, let's just get to the headline. Pablo Escobar's hippos keep breeding and Colombia doesn't know what to do. Posted Saturday, February the 9th with a bump of response from the 8th story of 0.47%. Just slight on this one. A few lines from CBS this morning where they talked about the hippos. Fishing villages, small boats, and children at play dot the landscape along the shallow waterways of Colombia's Magdalena River. But an invasive species left behind by one of the country's most infamous figures is threatening to the ecosystem and possibly a way of life. The species, hippos. The giants native to Africa are now running wild in Colombia, according to 
reports from CBS News Manuel Borges. The story of Colombia's hippo starts in Villa Nopales, the former state of Pablo Escobar, who is in his heyday had four hippos smuggled there for his private zoo. Escobar's ranch housed hundreds of exotic animals, including rhinos, elephants, and giraffes. By the 1980s, his cocaine empire made him the wealthiest and most feared drug lord in the world. For Colombia, it was a reign of terror. He's said to be responsible for some 7,000 deaths. Around the time Escobar met his death in the early 90s, the government relocated most of the animals, but not the hippos, who were basically allowed to roam free. People forgot the hippos, said biologist David Echeverra, who worked with Conair, the environmental agency in charge of tracking and managing the hippos in the region. He estimates there are about 50 or more of them now. The area they roam is a paradise for animals who have no predators and ample food and water, but they're getting too close to people. It is not uncommon to spot a three-ton hippo walking around town. Locals call them the village pets, but Echeverria said they're dangerous and territorial species, if anything but. So, because hippos wandered through the savanna of Africa, where there are natural predators in its place, they can, you know, take care of themselves. Between the predators taking them out and themselves, and the bulk of the hippos actually live inside of a theme park that is now or was Escobar's estate. They use it, well, like Escobar land, I guess. But the ones roaming wild, roaming free without anything to basically take them down are an issue, just like we have here in the States, where we have been encroaching. Yes, we have been encroaching on habitat of other animals and bears are just sort of wandering through our trash and alligators are sitting on our lawns. It happens. That's how it works. And, of course, Columbia has no idea what to do. With the hungry, hungry hippos, yeah, I said it, wandering through the streets. We go to our neighbors to the north, at least mine, Canada, for the story in the sixth spot, which is headlined, Toronto Police Arrest Viral Video Teen Marcella Zoya for Hurling Chairs Off 45th Floor of High Rise. Wednesday, February 13th on this one, bump in response from the seventh spot, 7.51%. A few lines from the South China Morning Post. Why that paper? I'm not sure. That's just the best headline, I guess, uh, on what's going on. But this was a pretty big one. It was, of course, put out nationally and, of course, by around the world as an AP story. A 19-year-old woman has been charged with throwing two chairs off a 45th-story balcony along a busy downtown Toronto street. The incident shown in an online video captioned, Good morning, sparked widespread outrage. Detective Todd Higo said Marcella Zoya turned herself in. Zoya made a brief court appearance on Wednesday afternoon when was released on Canadian dollars, $2,000, about $1,500 in U.S., bail, in order to live with her mother. She must also not have any contact with the four people who were with her at the time. Quote, she is embarrassed by what happened. She wished it never happened. Of course, she would never wish anyone to be hurt. That's said by Greg Leslie, her lawyer. Leslie said Zoya understands the public outrage. He said he would have discussions with the prosecution and the case might not go to trial. Now, what's the big deal? When you throw big things off of balconies, very high spaces on people below who are not, of course, expecting it, people get hurt. So throwing chairs off a 55-story building is a bad thing. Doing it for the YouTube is a stupid thing. And because she is 19 years old, well, that's kind of where it all gets together. So we're done with this one, and hopefully we're done with this, because I had no idea who this person was, because I guess I'm just not cool enough. But apparently very semi-popular teen somewhere uh, was doing stupid things for the camera, 
which which is a problem with that thing. We'll complain about that much, much later. Trust me, I have lots of complaints about that. But running out of time for this week's show. A story with some hometown flavor for me because it's from my hometown here in Little Rock, Arkansas. We got the story from Fox 16, and I, I edited the headline a bit to put more context into it. I didn't expect it to go very far, but apparently... It went pretty far for you guys. It's in the five spot this week. It is was posted on Sunday, February the 10th, a bumper response of 4.8% from the sixth spot. The story or the headline as I edited it, so there you go. A family-owned Christian grocery store is dealing with backlash after weekly ad mailer included a message on walls and open borders. Now, it wasn't so much... Um, Edited as I took the the short headline from our newscast that had newscast and basically took a sentence from the beginning of the actual report. You can full you can see the ad and see the actual report if you go to the website which has a link to the story. I'm gonna read you a few more lines from the actual story here. And actually from the beginning, a family-owned Christian grocery store with several locations in southeast Arkansas is dealing with backlash as customers argue a weekly ad mailer included a controversial political message. The ad book was sent to four Mac cash savers stores in Arkansas. According to the store, the mailer typically includes a religious or political message. The current mailer includes a message that refers to the U.S.-Mexico border wall controversy. It reads, quote, Heaven has a wall, a gate, and a strict immigration policy. Hell has open borders. Let that sink in. Those words aren't sitting well with some customers. Uh, quote from Tyler Reed, it just doesn't make any sense. Why would they put that there? Another customer appreciated the message. This was Logan Reed. I didn't have a problem with it. If they want to come here, they can come here legally. So you can guess where that thing went to as well. You can see the actual mailer and see a video of the package done by the Fox's team crew, folks I've had the pleasure of working with for many years in their newscast as I do my day job stuff. So check it out. A very good story, although an interesting story and one that I didn't think would catch on, to be honest. But this is one that you guys really were into. This next story is another story I didn't think would catch on either. It caught my attention. I'll talk more about why I'm into this because or I'll do it in the um in, in the housekeeping segment on that one. But it's one that didn't I didn't think it was gonna catch very much attention. It caught my eye. I popped in there kinda late after thinking about it. In fact I moved it a little later than I actually had it originally scheduled. And then someone later in the day came and talked about it locally here in the building. So I'm glad I did that. And then after the numbers were crunched, it came up much stronger than I would have ever expected. It's a story in the four spot today. Elders of Harvest Bible Chapel fired James McDonald. Believe he is harmful to the church. Thursday, February the 14th, when this was posted, it gets a bump of response of 21.25% from the five-story. And yes, it's a four-story. I didn't think it'd make the top 15. I thought it was interesting. So let's get to this one. We got the copy from Church Leaders, the website churchleaders.com. Here's a few lines from that. The Elders of Harvest Bible Chapel announced this morning they are removing senior pastor James McDonald from his position at the church he founded. While the elders have been reviewing McDonald for a, quote, lengthy amount of time, the decision was, quote, accelerated after audio recording surfaced in which McDonald, it is believed, used vulgar language to attack his opponents. Here's a quote from the church. Pastor McDonald was removed as senior pastor and as an elder of the church for engaging in conduct that the elders believe is contrary and harmful to the best interests of the church, wrote in their statement. The audio recording, this is, I'm going to go off script here and kind of go from it so I can get it quickly. The audio recording that they heard was oddly enough played 
on a Chicago radio station where Mancow Muller has a show called The Mancow Muller Show, believe it or not. And he was a, a good friend and strong supporter of the church and McDonald. And then lately he hasn't been. Going really, really deep into the situation, McDonald uh, formed this church many, many years ago. It's now a mega church near Chicago. And, and in the past few months, maybe even further back, there have been issues of uh, infidelity in the finances, not in the people, and, of course, just treating people wrong, not doing the right thing with the books and treating people bad. And this is supposedly an audio recording of McDonald basically cussing out some folks and just being non-church-like. So this has accelerated. He was already kind of taken off the the main staff. He wasn't doing much actual frontline preaching. The church is now removing him from the church he founded, which is something that happens a lot more. I'll talk more about why this thing interests me a little bit later when we go into housekeeping in segment two. The comedian Monique talked a lot or talks a lot still about being blacklisted in Hollywood. She had a chance to talk with Steve Harvey about it on the waning days of his show. And, well, let's get to the actual headline that we posted. Monique threatens to punch Steve Harvey in explosive fight over her being blackballed in Hollywood. Wednesday, 13th of February, when this was posted, 9.62% jump in response from the four story. I'm not going to read the story, but I'm going to tell you where it gets from so it gets his credit. We pull it off the Hollywood Life blog by Bonnie Fuller. And here's the, the short version of what happened. Monique did not punch Steve Harvey and was not physically violent with him, but she was highly upset in the conversation. If you watch the YouTube and watch your Twitter feed, Black Twitter was not quite happy with Steve's response for this. Uh, Steve Harvey, known for being sort of the arbiter of conversation, arbiter of information, uh, the wise old man giving information that's not so wise sometimes and a little suspect based on his actual background, uh, basically talked about Monique you know, fighting back or and being honest. Monique called it an integrity thing. It's the fact that she was being blackballed and being um, held out of things for projects for speaking out and speaking the truth by some of the powerhouse names such as Tyler Perry and Oprah and Lee Daniels. Of course, uh, Steve Harvey said it's basically about the money. It's about the legacy. It's about making sure your family is provided for. I'm sure he said it like that. And just uh, because, you know, getting integrity is one great thing. Taking care of your family for whatever is another thing and that she should have backed down, backed down fairly quickly in the ordeal because it was costing her and the family uh, money. This was not a happy thing to be seen on the Twitters because a lot of people took a clip, a fairly popular one minute clip. I'm not sure who actually posted it first, but it was all over the place yesterday. And that made me go deeper into the story. So it was a conversation. It's made for TV and it's made to be provocative. And of course, Steve's stock show is ending this season. So he's doing what he can to pick up on a lot of things. A lot of people not very happy with this talk show, Steve, especially since he did a whole lot of um, not so nice things to make the trip to L.A. to do the show and do a lot of changes in his life for the people working for him where he was. And now the whole thing's ending. You can like, love, hate, share whatever you want to about this story or Steve Harvey, for example, by stopping by our website. This is the conversation dot com and checking out all the links to the stories for this week there so you can see more about them. And of course, as we tell you, follow us in our Twitter feed so you can make sure you vote in these stories. This story was really big for you all this week. Cardi B continues to stay in the news for all the right reasons. This one 
maybe not be so happy news, but it is something that popped up for what happened over the weekend. She had a historic Grammy win, and from some issues with that, uh, let's get the headline. Cardi B quits Instagram after explosive rant following Grammy win. This was posted by us on Thursday, sorry, Tuesday, February the 12th. This was the top Twitter story for the week. It gets a bump response from the three story of 78.37%. Oh, yeah, we went that high and wait till we get to the number one story. So I'm going to read a few lines from The Independent where I grabbed this as well. I'm not sure why that was there, but um, we're going to get into the salty language. So I'm going to censor myself. I'm not sure why, but bear with me. Cardi B has quit Instagram following an explosive rant after winning her first Grammy. The artist won the Best Rap Album Award at the Year's event, becoming the first solo female to ever take home the particular trophy. While seemingly a cause of celebration, some social media users criticized Cardi, leading to a long, now-deleted video post and the deactivation of her Instagram account entirely. Here she goes. Quote, I've been taking a lot of S today. I've been seeing a lot of bull S today, and I saw a lot of S last night, and I'm sick of this S, was one thing she said. Referring to her track, Bodak Yellow, being nominated for two awards last year but failing to win either, she commented, I work hard for my mother effing album. I remember last year when I did win for Bodak Yellow and everybody was like, Cardi got snubbed. Now this year, I'm effing the effing problem. My album went two-time platinum, my N-words, and Donald Trump noted that she spent countless hours in the studio working on the album Invasion of Privacy, despite being pregnant with daughter culture Kyrie. Quote, I locked myself in the studio for three months, she continued. Didn't go to sleep in my bed sometimes for four days straight while pregnant. While everybody was harassing me like, you going to do that? You know you're pregnant. Your career is over. Okay, so the video is gone. Her account is gone. And all sorts of things are gone, which is becoming a thing these days where people are deleting their accounts or backing it off. Of course, last week we talked about the uh, incident we had with Demi Lovato being a little too black Twitter in the talk about 21 Savage. So this is a thing, and you have that right. You have the right as a regular person to delete your account. In fact, I would say go for it because it's not probably not doing as much good as you think you, it is. But you also have the right to, uh, t- to some point, if you're fam- more famous than other, to have people question things at you, and you have the right to defend yourself and to back away from situation. I am glad Cardi B has won her Grammy. She is, um, as I'm not listening to her music as, at all to the most part, except for the Kids Pop version, because that's what my, my little girl likes. But she has, she's trailblazing. She's doing a great thing. Nobody is, can really put anything against her. And she's not some bubble-headed chick who they just threw off, found off the street. She actually has some pretty solid education behind her. And she's using a lot of it to um, go after my girl Tommy Lauren, which is kind of, I'm kind of like, eh, but that's that's just me. In the meantime, love you, Cardi B. Hate you some Cardi B. Love you some us. Hate you some us. Uh, you made this story the number two story because it's something that you're interested in. You can make any story as high as you want to by staying interested in it, of course, going to our Twitter feeds and our Facebook feeds and following and liking, loving, sharing, hating, responding to the stories. So they come there. Cardi B's story was a big story all week. As we said, the top Twitter story this week, but it could not overlast the number one story, which still goes back to last weekend's Super Bowl, which unfortunately I'm still hating about. But this is a story that um, I suspect it would have some love and it's got a whole lot more love 
pun intended, than I even expected. It was a top Facebook story this week. It hits a bumper response from the two-story of just 11.6%. Remember, the two-story jumped up about 70%. A bump from the number 10 story, that was the headline that dealt with the uh, Brittany Dom, the influencer who was scamming folks. That bump from there of 200%, 208 to be exact. And from the number 205, almost relevant story of the week, it gets a bump response of 21,066. That's how many people jumped on this one. Also pun intended. The headline, 25 Atlanta strippers made $125,000 each the day after the Super Bowl. If you think Cardi likes it like that, I bet you these ladies here a whole like to the whole bunch. This story we got off the website for um, Hot 107.9, Arcadia's Hottest Music. Uh, I'm sure it's posted somewhere. We couldn't find another original story, but it was there. Uh, the whole thing was done like a real story, not fake news. So here we go. Atlanta's famous Gold Room held Compound's inaugural quality control stripper bowl the day after the Super Bowl, and the employees made a lot of money. The pictures and the videos are insane. According to one dancer, there was so much money on the floor, it was difficult to walk. And what you see in the video, you understand why. You'll have to check out the website link. There's a video coming from an Instagram account which shows money all over the flow. Uh, A quote, Quality Control CEO Pierre P. Williams was one of the most generous ballers in the room. The Atlanta businessman threw $500,000 of cash at the dancers, but he wasn't the only one throwing dollars. Quavo and Offset dropped $35,000 each on the floor Monday night. In all, the strippers made $3 million that night, and the girls got to split the money evenly, 25 ways for 25 dancers. If you do the math, that means that each dancer made $125,000 that night. Check out the story. Check out the video. Check it all out at the website. This is theconversation.com. And look for the link for this week's Conversations wrap-up show so you can see all the links to all the stories, but this is one that you got to see to believe, and you just sort of got to believe that much money being thrown around day after the Super Bowl. So I guess if you were in Atlanta and you were disappointed by the game, stick around a little longer, hang out at the Gold Club, and I'm pretty sure you you got some sort of entertainment. And that's a lot of entertainment, I have to say. And we're done. That's it. Ten stories for the week that you said were the tops, including one that was. Um, a bit out there, but hey, that's what you guys are into. I don't judge. What I do judge is the way you guys attack the uh, Twitter and Facebook feeds we have, and we appreciate that specifically. So many newer people popping in, so many fresh faces, and so many diverse, different places from. We are in around 11 different countries that I see responses from all over the world, and we're growing. This is in the recent look. So thank you so much for being a part of what's going on. Once again, to keep being a part of what's going on, it's very simple. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram as well and check out the main website. But the real voting is on Facebook and Twitter. Facebook, this is a conversation. Twitter is TH underscore conversation. If you follow us there and see stories in your feed from pretty sure they're reputable sources and you like it or you love it or you hate it or you're just not that keen with it or you're just so fed up you feel you need to write a tersely response um, post to me. That sounded better in my head than it did when I said it. But respond, reply, react to the stories, engage with them as best as you want to. The more engagement each story gets, the better it goes on the countdown. Coming up in just a bit, we'll go to the almost relevant story of the week, which is story number 205 for this week. And we'll do some 
deeper dives into what went on in my head in these things as I read these things, essentially, and saw them. Some housekeeping coming up in segment number two from the wrap-up show from thisisaconversation.com with me, Jay Cleveland Payne. This is for the week ending February the 16th, 2019. One of those popular online mattress places is talking about their brand new mattress built with new technology with new things going on, which is great. But here's the thing. While they may be one of the early adopters, one of the pioneers of the business, this new mattress is based off new mattresses from other people. And one of those people includes the group I'm talking about right now, Bear Mattress. Now, if mattress sales and President's Day sales and those sales things are boring to you, well, back up a little bit and just get this. If you're in the market for a brand new mattress and don't want to deal with the hassle of going to a mattress store, yes, there are probably a million different places you can go online. I'd say check out Bear Mattress before you make that click or make that step because they can probably make the deal for what you want. And they have already the technology with two different types of mattress, a normal mattress and a hybrid mattress that will take care of you. Plus, special bear pillows, special bear linens, and their sale is going to help make a couple bucks off that deal worth your while. For President's Day, there is a deal for $150 off any order over $500 or $300 off any order over $1,200. And you get a free bear pillow with your purchase. You can check it out. They've got a customer review uh, average from Google at 4.8 stars. That's pretty good. And you can go online and have any questions. You can call them or chat with a real person real time on the site as they're answering your questions. Check out all the great deals they have going on with all their accessories, their sleep bundles. And, of course, their two different mattresses, the normal and the hybrid, because everyone's got different mattresses. Now, everybody's coming up with their second mattress. Bear had two mattresses to begin with, and they have a mattress that will fit your lifestyle, fit your budget, most importantly, fit your sleep. Check them out, and we have a great deal for you. So go to our website at thisisaconversation.com slash bear, B-E-A-R, mattress. Thisisaconversation.com slash bear mattress. Or visit all of our sponsors. Any of our sponsors can do their best to take care of you. But we really put a spotlight this week on something that's very important, getting good sleep. And you can get very good sleep with some help from these folks at Bear Mattress. We're going to go into some details on the current almost relevant story of the week. These stories usually don't have a lot of time to gestate, don't have much time to get any spots unless they're really big and they can move out of the low range quickly. And then we wait for them to come up big for next week. This one will probably not get that response. But what we're seeing is because of how they're being scattered, these stories that come up at the bottom are actually pretty important stories to the community, if not the world. So headline for number 205 this week, they were speaking Spanish in the grocery store, so a Border Patrol agent detained them. Now they're suing. This comes from USA Today from this morning as we record this, February the 15th. Uh, it's updated a couple times since we actually posted it and since we started recording. So there's a few new things, details inside the actual reporting. It came originally from the Arizona Republic, so they're a Gannett company. It's all, all, all family on their end. We'll try to get a couple lines in on this one quickly and then go into some of the housekeeping. 
On their way home from working out at a gym last May, Anna Suda and Martha Hernandez, both U.S. citizens, stopped by a local convenience store in Montana to buy some milk and eggs. A Border Patrol agent overheard the two friends speaking Spanish and then demanded they show identification. Now, the American Civil Liberties Union has filed a lawsuit on their behalf, accusing Custom and Border Protection of violating the women's constitutional rights. The encounter is not an insulated, isolated incident, but part of a broader pattern of abuse behavior by Border Patrol agents who target people based on their race, ethnicity, language, lawyers say the ACLU contend. So butchering that up, so apologies for that, but this is a story that may be a bit bigger than you may think it is. The story on border agents hearing someone speaking Spanish and asking for their papers because they're speaking Spanish is a bit pretentious. Maybe they were illegal people. Probably not. They were obviously citizens and they were just coming out back from working out at the gym. Not exactly what you think someone doing if someone's hiding something. This is an issue that now we'll see more details in from this lawsuit. We'll probably see more things come down later down the line. I doubt this story will add anything to the next week's um, production, but we shall see. So let's quickly go into some housekeeping from the stories we already posted going through. And we'll go from bottom to, from top to bottom. Let's go to the top. Now, as I said, the story on Atlanta strippers was the biggest story this week, and it was out, outstretched by far on Facebook. Twitter had a big response as well. A lot of these stories, as I tell you, when I look at the raw data, raw numbers, you have to put them both together and kind of weigh some things. It changes up what's going on. There were a lot of stories that I thought were not going to make very much headway. The story about the the church, the elders at Harvest Bible, Bible Chapel. Well, I can't say Bible today. Uh, that story, I didn't expect to make it in the top 15. It was the number four story this week. Monique's story, I thought, might be a low 10. It was the number three story this week. Cardi B was a top pretty early, so that one was going to going to last. But a lot of the stories I didn't expect to make, including, oddly enough, the story on the hippos that belonged to Pablo Escobar. That was a big one as well. Bigger than I thought it was, but it came up. The Vinyl Factory one, also one I thought was kind of cute, but that one picked up enough steam along the way that it did turn into a bigger story, a number nine story for the week. These things aren't, it's not scientific. We did, there's no real rhyme or reason to how things get posted, to be honest. I basically go through a list every few hours, and I just scatter things out there to see what's relevant now, what's going to be relevant a little bit later, what may be better for different time zones. Uh, we're trying to work better to Put some of the more international stories later in our time and learning in time here in the States. However, that means by that time, they're a day or so past. But that sometimes is good because if you know how news works and how these viral things work, it takes a little while for things to catch steam. So a lot of stories that you that you're hearing for the first time right now. Happened a few days ago, got written up in kind of small pieces on their local ends. They were big and then other people pick it up like an AP story on that end. So sometimes it takes some of these stories a while to get to you guys, especially things we post like early Friday, early Saturday, that after a while, because it's in the feed and people see it, gets spread around and gets posted. Sometimes we get surprised. Sometimes we get very surprised. Sometimes it's not so much. The Cardi B story we knew was going to be big. The stripper story I knew was going to be kind of big, not as big as I thought. Dolly Parton, I'm so glad that one made it because that one just made me laugh. Okay, so that's what we had going on. No real files or any harm done this week, so I'm glad about that. You let me know in your response to what we posted as our top 10 or what we're going to post in a moment as our top 15. Send a message on whatever you think you would like to see or not see, how we should do things. Email us at theconversationinbox at gmail.com, and we will we'll tend to that as quickly as possible. Coming up, we're going to tend to 
shout-outs, and, of course, the rounding out the top 15 on the wrap-up show. With me, Jay Cleveland Payne from ThisIsTheConversation.com. This is the show for the week ending February the 16th, 2019. Adding to the very, very, very busy schedule we're doing as we're creating the base for more better media is the return of a very popular podcast, a very interesting podcast, a very useful podcast that I did in a much more compact fashion so we can kind of get it done. It's called the Internet Toolbox Daily Podcast because I'm not that creative. It's a daily podcast that comes to you from the Internet Toolbox and the website internettoolbox.net. Every single day, we're posting four links, well, Monday through Friday, posting four links in our social media feed for that website to maybe new to you. Maybe it's brand new. Maybe it's something that you use all the time that you can confirm that people love this link, this tool, this site. And at the end of the day, we will let you know the four links that we had to those tools in podcast form. So you can listen to it, see what's going on. And in about, yeah, three to four minutes, know what big things are going on out there. And you can also send us the links that you love, of the sites and of tools you love on the web, so we can promote them as well and maybe give you a little love in the process as well. Check out the podcast and all the things behind the Internet Toolbox in a very simple place, theinternettoolbox.net. That is theinternettoolbox.net. It's a little rough, a little sketchy. We're trying to do our best to make sure we're staying maintained on schedule. We're doing a lot of stuff for this More Better Media project, but this is one that I loved before. We're bringing it back, and we're going to hopefully bring it back three times better. It is the Internet Toolbox. You can find it, the podcast, and the Internet Tools at theinternettoolbox.net. Let's start out this week. Shout outs on Twitter. Uh, starting off with a new follower, Bill M. Moore was in the house. Also, the Meanthethals. Nice little response to Jeff they had there. The Medium Matters is in here. Luis Henriquez, Jr. with a big heart. Aww. Daphne Landis, Kate Scott, and Perrine Doubt jumping in as normal as well. Plus, the End Times bot retweeting something that we had on the ending of Retail which isn't quite ending. Dave Velasco and the Red Chair Podcast also following us this week as well. Thank you guys for joining in on the love there for Twitter. On Facebook side, just as much love. Some love going out to Carl Prime, also Deborah Lee Scott, Christina Beavers, Little Mama It's a Breadwinner, once again popping up with some responses, sharing some more stuff. Thank you so much. Love that love. Vicki Young, Derek Jones, Arian Tyson as well. Thank you all you folks for following us on the Twitter and the Facebook. Of course, Twitter, it's TH underscore conversation. Facebook, it's this is a conversation. And remember, as you share these things and like these things and love these things and do what it is you do with these things, it gets more responses, some stories, and those stories usually come up in the ones you put a lot of love to to the top ten. There's a lot of things going on, so we're glad about that. So let's go ahead and wrap up some of those lot of things by going to stories not quite big enough for the top 10, which would make it in the 11 through 15. That's as far as we're going for you guys in the show. And we're going to start off with the number 11 story, which was interesting because we actually had two stories this week that I literally posted back to back on Reddit. Uh, Reddit, one story on getting a, a big chunk of money in a round of funding. And this one that you actually 
responded to the most with. This one made it into the top 15 at the 11 spot, almost cracking top 10, which was that Reddit users are least valuable of any social network. And so with all the money coming in and all the love that people who use Reddit have for Reddit, there's not a lot of value for the users and the people behind the scenes. Very quickly, this is the order of five top five social media networks, if you will, and how much each customer is earning the people at the this company. Twitter, $9.48. Facebook, $7.37. Pinterest, $2.80. Snap, $2.09. Reddit only 30 cents. So if you're looking as part of valuation per customer, Reddit's customers aren't all that valuable. Of course, you can't buy a lot of stuff on Reddit. There's not a lot of advertising there, which is probably the point, which is why most people are there at that site in the first place. Interesting thing that popped up. So we popped, popped in there and you guys jumped on that story. Not quite enough to make it into the top 10, but pretty darn close for what it did this week. There was some controversy for this story at 11, and this was another thing we posted two things on. Number one, we posted a story on the story being posted, but the one that got the most response was the reply or the explanation of that. So we, I mixed up a little bit into the actual title to make it work so it made more sense. Here's what we posted. Uh, oh, by the way, the Reddit story we posted on Tuesday, February the 12th. Also on Tuesday, we posted this. Esquire Editor-in-Chief Jay Fielden explains the story behind this month's cover choice of, quote, the life of American boy at 17. Uh, so you responded to not the actual posting of it, but the actual response to the posting of it. And you need to just go to the website. Go to thisistheconversation.com and click on this week's uh, this week's uh, response for the, the week, the week ending of February the 16th. If we click on the, the show links and the show notes, for lack of a better term, and kind of go deeper into his explanation. He goes into why um, the headline for his actual explanation is why your ideological echo changer isn't just bad for you. Subtitle, it's also bad for your kids. Going deeper into the thought process of using this kid, using this story for the week. It's really interesting. It probably uh, get your dander up a bit, to be honest. But check it out. You won't, I can't give you anywhere near the effect that you can get from reading the actual response he had to it. And then, of course, you can read the actual piece and get the full details, get the full blast of what's going on with this week with Esquire and this whole issue. Now let's move along to the number uh, 12, the 13 story for this week. This headline, 120 people freed after being trapped by snow for five days at Sierra Nevada Resort. This one is one that we posted on the Saturday the 9th of February, so we're glad this happened. This is another one of those good stories that happened that it looked like it was going to stick around. didn't quite stick around high enough to be top 10 material, 13. 13 is pretty good, though. A few lines from that story. We pulled it off of CBS News. More than 120 visitors and staff who were snowbound in a Sierra Nevada resort for five days have been freed, authorities said Friday. Up to seven feet of snow trapped the guests and staff at the Montecito Sequoia Lodge at Kings Canyon National Park starting Sunday following a storm, U.S. Forest Service spokesman Alicia Embry said. Crews had to travel by snowmobile to get to the lodge in the mountains east of Fresno on Wednesday morning when they ensured everyone was safe. They returned Thursday with additional supplies, she said. Heavy equipment and crews then cleared more than 20 fallen trees and eight miles of deep snow on the road heading to the lodge to allow guests and staff to finally leave the property on Thursday night. 
Though some got bored during the snow in, everybody said the lodge had enough food, fuel, and general supplies to keep everyone comfortable. Very happy for the outcome on that one. That would have been really tragic for a snow to end a resort and for most people vacation time on such a tragic thing. But as we said, most people got kind of bored, but they had plenty of food and was plenty of, of rations to take care of folks throughout the ordeal, which even though it was a snow resort, it probably still was an ordeal. This is probably just an ordeal to all the parents who are looking very, very, very jealous at throwing their kids a birthday party. I remember my kid's first birthday party and being upset that we had all this food and, and it was just a crazy ordeal. We didn't have power at the uh, at the pavilion, so we couldn't do a lot of stuff. And a lot of people that said they were showing up didn't show up, so we had all this food and what going on. That wasn't the case for Kylie Jenner throwing her over-the-top party for Daughter Stormy's first birthday, which is also the headline for the number 14 story this week. And we posted on Sunday, February the 10th. I'm just going to read you a bit from Us Magazine's uh, write-up because it got crazy quick. A day to remember Kylie Jenner threw an extravagant celebration for her daughter, Stormy Webster, her first birthday on Saturday, February the 9th. The party, which had been postponed a week by bad weather, featured a giant blow-up of Stormy's head that guests had to walk through to enter the celebration. Inside, there was a carnival ride and food, including pretzels, which were served from a giant hat worn by a waiter, as well as mini pepperoni pizzas and drinks with crazy straws swelling out the guest of honor's name. A separate pale blue cloud room featured giant portraits of Stormy and walls painted with fluffy clouds, and there was also Butterfly Rainbow Forest. Jenner, 21, celebrated her daughter's birthday on February 1st with a sweet message to her only child with boyfriend Travis Scott. Scott also sent a um, a message on Instagram as well because you have to do that for your kids. We're famous. Go to the website. Look at the pictures. They get insane very, very quickly. And the number 15 story wrapping this whole thing up for the week is officially. This is a guy that may have wrapped up his career as he's being called to go away and go away fast. West Virginia lawmaker faces calls to resign after likening LGBTQ people to KKK. Quote, Terrorist group. Yes, he said it. Friday the 15th of February is when we posted it. So we're just going to read a little bit from here and then hopefully leave with happy thoughts from somewhere else because I don't know where we're going to find them from. Here it goes. West Virginia lawmaker. Oh, by the way, from the um, Huffington Post. West Virginia lawmaker Eric Porterfield is facing calls to resign after a string of homophobic remarks such as likening the LGBTQ community. Have trouble saying that to the Ku Klux Klan and saying he would, quote, see if his kids can swim, unquote, if they came out as gay. Yeah, he said that. Porterfield, who is a born-again Baptist missionary and blind, was elected to the state's House of Delegates in November. He has contributed to stand by his bigoted views, accusing the LGBTQ community of being a, quote, terrorist group and has, quote, no care for diversity of thought. That is him, not the LGBTQs. Quote, a longer quote is, the LGBTQ is a modern-day version of the Ku Klux Klan without wearing hoods with their antics of hate. He told that to a reporter, an actual reporter. He reportedly used a slur, and I'm going to say it this time, faggot, in a committee meeting on Wednesday and amid discussions over a proposed amendment that would restrict the anti-discrimination protection for LGBTQ people. The amendment failed to pass. 
Porterfield responded by back to the backlash against his comments on Saturday, repeating his views on a TV station, adding that if his young son and daughter came out as gay, he would, quote, see if she could swim, then I'd see if he could swim, unquote. When he went on TV, of course, he was wearing a MAGA hat. You can point, you can pinpoint me as whatever you want to for saying that, but it's a weird, weird situations and a very weird situation we have with our lawmakers, people that we are putting in place to represent us. So be wary of the people that you are voting for to represent you because they're representing you sometimes in ways you didn't expect them to. That's all I'm going to say on that one. Because I could say a whole lot more, but I'm just going to end it right there and wrap up the whole thing for the wrap-up show for this week. Thank you so much for being a part of the show because a wrap-up show does not work without you to listen and to vote in the stories. One more time, and this time with a bit of feeling, to be a part of the action to get your vote in. It's simple. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. On Facebook, look for This is a Conversation. Make sure we are in your feed as a primary source. On Twitter, it's TH underscore Conversation. As you see our stories come through your feed, checking your stuff all day, like, love, hate, share, review, respond to all the things that Get your goat or get you all nice and fluffy. Whatever way it makes you happy or sad, respond to it in kind. And the more responses they get, the higher they get out there. You can see the very diverse and sometimes very crazy listings of things that people are really into. What are the real stories and not what's stuck on the Chiron? That is the purpose of this podcast here. And to make sure we're having great conversations with great people around the world. Yes, we are global with this thing. Invite some people to share in with the love, share it with friends, share it with family, share it with enemies, share it with totally perfect strangers. If you see someone wandering down the street who could probably look like a good conversationalist, ask them for their phone and sign them up for the show and just hand it back to them. They will thank you. They always thank you. Trust me on that one. Make sure you are also subscribed to the show and subscribe to what's going on the feeds. There are updates we have at the website. This is the conversation. It has more great things coming down the line for the whole organization, including updates to this thing here. Email the show at the conversation inbox at gmail.com. Email me at jclevenpain at gmail.com and check out other things going on at jclevenpain.net. For the entire crew that helps put this thing together, I am Jay Cleveland Payne taking all the credit. For the wrap-up show from thisisconversation.com. Thank you so much for joining us for this week. Join us next week for more great conversations going beyond the Chiron, beyond the breaking news that never stops breaking, and hearing what you guys really, really think are the biggest stories to talk about from thisisconversation.com. <laughs>